Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. How do you move forward from that and become stronger than you were before? And um, that Christmas, I was trying to recover and I, everything I did for everybody had come online. So I didn't visit a single store and my gifts just seemed like not very heartfelt. And he came in with a bike and I'm staring at him like, what? And he said, um, if you're going to continue to fight cancer, you're going to need a better weapon. Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community that's dedicated to funding life-saving cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteerism. I'm your host and ride community manager, Jill Landino. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Through research, we will see an end to cancer. Thankfully, every single penny raised through our riders, virtual riders, and volunteers goes directly towards the solution. This is made possible by our major funding partners, the Elburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. It's because of them, all of our partners, and this dedicated community that all of this is possible. The only way of finding the limits of the possible is by going beyond them into the impossible. That quote from Arthur C. Clarke is on Shannon Reese's public writer profile. It summarizes this amazing woman and mother of two's journey thus far because so many impossible things have happened along the way. Employed by major funding partner Albrands, Shannon heard about Pelotonia early on. Today, she's raised over $200,000, all of which has been made possible by the incredible team of supporters she has, which happens to include a very special Cincinnati Bengal. Even her car is reminiscent of our Aero logo. However, this passion to end cancer didn't start immediately. Rather, it started when Shannon received some of the worst possible news. This is where we begin in this episode, A Better Weapon. December of 2011, um, I had noticed a spot on my shoulder and I had my husband take a look at it and thought, you know, does that look weird to you? And he said, yes, you need to make an appointment. And the dermatologist at that time was like impossible to get in with. And I told him, what's the point? It's going to take six months. I don't have time. I'm not going to do it. I'm not worried about it. Well, he ended up making the appointment for me, which it didn't happen until April. And I went in and I told her, here's why I'm here. This looks a little weird. And she focused on it for like half a second. And she went to the spot on my leg and she asked me a lot of questions about it. But while it looked weird to me, it didn't look like anything that would stand out as your typical textbook black melanoma. It looked like um, this little spot had shrunk. I wasn't really concerned about it, and she didn't let on at the time that she was. So she she kept a good doctor face, mm-hmm. and she said, well, we're going to go ahead and take take that for testing, and I was not expecting that. I lived in a tanning bed. Mm-hmm. I Every day almost I went to the tanning bed and 
two and a half weeks later, it was a Friday, it was April 20th, and I was at home, and I had just come back from the tanning bed, and I sat down at my kitchen table, and I started working, and I looked it up where our home phone was at the time, and I could see there was a flashing missed call, Mm -hmm. and I went to check it, and I had missed a voicemail from my doctor, and I knew right then. Like, she would not be calling unless there was something wrong, and my heart just sank, and I was by myself, texted my husband, something's going to be very wrong. I tried to call back. Mm -hmm. She was busy, so it was just this moment of, oh, my goodness. So my husband rushed home. And it was probably like three hours later before she finally got back to me. And um, she said, Shannon, I don't have good news. You have melanoma. Your head just starts to spin because, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone to talk to. There's no one that can relate to this. How do I get through this? And at the time, my kids were young, like eight and 14 maybe. And to to have to sit them down and tell them that was one of the worst things that I've ever had to do. Like it was almost telling them was worse than me hearing it for myself because I tried to downplay it. And my son, who was the oldest of the two, kind of caught on. And he was he said, do you have cancer? And my daughter just grabbed this pillow from the couch and said, oh, no, mommy, please don't die. My heart sunk thinking, how do I tell her I'm going to be okay when I don't even know if I'm going to be okay? And there was just those moments of of fear and how do I overcome this? And so just as the days went by, um, some more talks with the doctor and preparing for surgery um, was still just unnerving. The waiting game is probably one of the hardest parts when you're on a cancer journey because hearing the news you kind of have an answer then you have to get to the next phase and so you have to wait it's just this never-ending cycle until you finally get to your finish line it was one of those things where I was like it's never going to happen to me I regret every second of of being in that tanning bed and I had a an unlimited package at a local salon And it took me until July of that year to go in and cancel. And the woman behind the counter was like, why are you canceling? I said, well, your tanning beds gave me cancer. And there were people in the lobby and she shut me down (laughs) pretty quick. But I made I made my point right then that, you know, hey, people, it, it happened to me. It could happen to you, too. I kept it very close to home. Um, I told my immediate family and some of my best friends. I didn't know how to share something like that. And honestly, I was kind of embarrassed that it was because of my own poor choices that I ended up in that. And so why would you share that with people and try to get sympathy when I made the decision to lay in that tanning bed or lay outside Mm -hmm. without any sunscreen or whatever? It wasn't until the day that I had the surgery. It was so incredibly traumatic. And um, there were two other spots that that were precancerous, as well as this full-on melanoma. So 
They took me back into the room and my husband went back with me and they drew just a small circle like around the spot that they were going to be taking. And once they did that, they drew this huge football size diagram around it. And we both looked at each other and said, is that what you're taking? And the doctor replied, yes. And I darn near passed out. I was so traumatized by that 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 night I ended up posting and with the idea that I don't want your sympathy I just feel like you people need to know that this is extremely dangerous and it's it's not worth it and there was I had a lot of good feedback but that wasn't I, I was I was embarrassed So your diagnosis was in December of 2011, and this melanoma experience really motivated you to get involved in Pelotonia in August of 2012. How did that go for you? I was very nervous about um, being in this pack of riders or even accomplishing 50 miles. I've never done that before. How am I going to get this done? But went down to opening ceremony, and the energy was high, and it was hard not to just like get swept away by it and I picked up my rider packet and that was when Pelotonia still gave everybody a jersey just for signing up and we were sitting at a table and I I pulled the jersey out and it said survivor I lost it and my husband lost it and it was just that moment of oh my gosh like six months ago we never would have been here and Here we are with a huge story to tell. So it was pretty amazing. You alluded to it. You're a two-time cancer survivor. I am. So what happened with that that second bout? Um, Totally unrelated, not melanoma. Um, It was in 2014, and I had had a series of bad paps over the years, but nothing ever had come from it. And I was in for my annual exam and my doctor said, hey, we're just going to test again. And I was like, no, go go ahead, go ahead. So her due diligence at that moment, for sure, 100% saved my life because that tissue sample that she took um, was in fact cancer. But it, it was going to take almost three months to get to that diagnosis. So once the first test came back that um, it was showing some complicated cells, for lack of a better term. Um, I had to have a surgery uh, called a cone biopsy, and I hadn't told anyone. The only people that knew were my husband and a couple of my close friends, but did not tell my family, did not tell my kids, just went on like everything was fine. Had the surgery. uh, It took five or six days for results to come back. And she had called on a Friday and I had just missed the phone call. And I tried to call back and she didn't answer. But her voicemail said that the cells were showing bland. Didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But they were being sent off to Johns Hopkins for review. So I immediately thought, okay, well, that's not good. If you're sending something to Johns Hopkins, this is not going to have a good outcome. So we had to wait from that Friday until we heard back from her the following Wednesday. And um, I had had a really bad day that day. The waiting was killing me. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't productive. I wasn't sleeping. And I'd come home that afternoon and 
just sob to my husband, like, I can't wait another minute. Yeah. And um, my daughter was the only one at, at home of the kids at the time. And he said, well, let's just go to dinner. We hopped in the car and we were heading down the freeway and the phone rang. And I just looked at it and it was my doctor and I was not going to take that call with my daughter in the car. Mm-hmm. So I kind of answered it and I said, hey, I'm in the car. Can you hold on just one second? We're going to pull over. So my husband got off the interstate and there was a um, Thornton's gas station right there at the corner. And this was like early October and he pulled into the parking lot and it was so windy and unusually cold even. Mm -hmm. And I stepped out of the car and I walked to the back of the truck And I was trying to listen to her, and she was telling me, you have cancer. And I couldn't do it. I was frozen. And my husband's looking at me through the rearview mirror, and I just gave him the thumbs-down sign. Like, here we go again. So after the um, the phone call in the gas station parking lot came... um, I was scheduled for surgery, but that couldn't happen for an additional eight weeks. You have to heal from the first surgery, minor, even though there is a chance for risk or whatever, you have to be completely healed. So I had to go another two plus months just knowing that there's cancer festering inside of me. Oh my gosh, what if there's a rogue cell floating around and you don't know it? I mean, your head just goes off into the weeds and it's a hard place to come out of like I was I was borderline depressed I think for those eight weeks that it was just I mean there because there was no Pelotonia at this point it was over for the year I didn't have that bike to jump on to pound the pavement I didn't have you know, long sunshiny days and cookouts out in the backyard. It was come home at 5.30 and it's dark. Just be alone with my thoughts of how am I going to get lucky twice? The day that I found out that I had the cervical cancer, that was on a Wednesday. I did not go to work on Thursday, but that afternoon I got an email um, from Morgan Dominique that used to work at Pelotonia. Yeah. And the email said, um, hey, we came across this picture of you from from the ride this year in 2014. And, you know, we'd like to share it on our social media page. And she went on with some other things. And, like, my mouth was wide open thinking, does she know? Does she know that I was just diagnosed 24 hours ago? They have to know. This ti- this timing is too uncanny. And I sent her an email back and I laid it all out. And she didn't respond until the following Monday. And she, she had said, Shannon, and I didn't even know how to respond. Yeah. That I can't, no, we didn't know. Yeah. We had no idea. So the timing was impeccable that wow. this place that I had done a decent amount for that early on had reached out to me at the exact perfect moment to kind of say, you know what, everything's going to be okay. It was amazing. 
So I had a full radical hysterectomy um, December 9th of 2014. And um, I was in the hospital a couple of, couple days to recover. And on the day that I was set to go home, my doctor had made her rounds that morning and said, hey, guess what? All clear, no treatment. I dodged a bullet again. Oh my gosh, I dodged a bullet again. How can this even be possible? And my recurrence rate was something like 0.001 or I mean, so minimal that best Christmas present ever. So it was just kind of go home and get your life back together. And how do you move forward from that and become stronger than you were before? And that Christmas, my husband and I usually do our gifts kind of after the kids go to bed. We waited, he waited till that evening and I hadn't really done any shopping. I was trying to recover and everything I did for everybody had come online. So I didn't visit a single store and my gifts just seemed like not very heartfelt. And he came in with a bike and I'm staring at him like, what? And he said, "Um, if you're gonna continue to fight cancer, you're gonna need a better weapon. Last year was kind of a big year for me. I I did a two-day ride, and I was out there five to six days a week. Wow. I logged close to 1,100 miles before ride day, and I'd started um, in early April. And last year, winter never seemed to end, and so my first ride was dismal gray and 45 degrees outside with snot flying out of my nose (laughs) and drippy eyes, like not the most ideal way, but I was bound and determined that it wasn't going to matter. I needed to get on this bike and get myself ready for this two-day ride. Because that was the first time that you had done the two-day, which is very different than riding one day. (laughs) I I don't know if different's the word I would use to describe (laughs) it, but yes, different. So I had planned on doing 100 miles last year. Um, I felt like it was time for me to go ahead and and up it, but right after I made that decision, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was incredibly devastating because here we go again. And my maternal grandmother and my maternal aunt had both had breast cancer. So now it wasn't skipping my mom, obviously. And she's in her 70s. And so once I had found that out, I said, well, I have to do the two day. And everyone around me you are crazy there's no way and I thought you don't know me you do not know me so I was out on that bike five six days a week that's incredible 20 miles for the minimum to even after work so sometimes 40 miles on a weeknight so it just determination yeah so cycling is really something that you do like doing it's not just to prepare for the ride right no I do I love it it's got a nice escape Good. with a point A and a point B. <laughs> <laughs> and beer at the end. And beer at the end. <laughs> or in my case, I, f- I fuel on Pepsi. And so my my aunt, she always says, powered by fizzy Pepsi, she'll be out <laughs> along the route on ride day. Really? Um, and she'll have little cans of Pepsi for me. So I don't need the Gatorade. I need these little mini cans of Pepsi to. <laughs> that, so she meets you along oh, yeah. the route. Oh, yeah. That's the sweetest thing. <laughs> it's I love awesome. that. 
And she usually has a giant cutout of my head or something on a stick. As, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my family. <laughs> you got quite a, a cheering section. I do. I do. I'm very lucky. Was your mom able to come to Peloton weekend this year? She was. So again, my family has been incredibly blessed. Um, my mom ended up having a double mastectomy right before Easter last year. So it was like March 29th. And um, they came in, I think, that next morning and told her, all good, all good. You're, there's nothing left that needs to be done. And she opted for no reconstruction. So it was just surgery and, and go. And she's doing great. She's doing great. And she absolutely was there. And um, after her surgery was over and they were moving her from recovery to her room, my dad and I were up there waiting for her. And the first thing she said when she came in was, how many T-shirts did we sell? Because I launched my last year's T-shirt on her surgery day. And she wanted to know how many shirts we had sold. That's incredible. She's like, eye on the prize. Let's raise some more money. Um, In 2017... We had an intern come into our department, and I mean, I watch Ohio State football. Don't get me wrong. I I will watch it every Saturday with my husband, but I don't really pay attention necessarily to the players. Mm -hmm. And this guy came around the corner, and they were introducing him to our team and shook his hand. And, oh, nice to meet you. Welcome, whatever. And he walked away, and I looked at one of my coworkers and said, that guy looks like he could play football. And he's like, he does. And I went, What? (laughs) So I kind of put two and two together and I called my husband. I was like, you will not believe this. Billy Price is my intern. And he said, what? No way. He goes, clearly I'm going to have to come to work. (laughs) So we spent the next two and a half or so months with Billy. And he's the most down to earth, humble young man I think I've ever come across. He he was there because he wanted to be there and he wanted to learn a trade and be part of our team and um, as he bounced around in our different departments for international transportation he'd come over to my desk and he'd always grab a Twizzler because I have these individually wrapped Twizzlers on my desk and can I take a Twizzler ma'am and I said do not call me ma'am anymore you're already making me feel old enough (laughs) like don't call me ma'am So it was getting close to the end of his internship and he had taken all of us into his world. So we got a tour of the Woody Hayes and got to go into the weight room and see what it's like in the day in the life of Billy. And I had said to him, I was like, I'm probably doing something I'm really going to get in trouble for, but um, would you be willing to barter with me? And he's like, what do you barter for what? And I said, well, I will give you these two amazing Shannon Reese um, Pelotonia tumblers. <laughs> if you will give me something autographed by you after your season is over yep. that I could use in my raffle next year, which would have been 2018. And he looked at me and I thought, oh, crap, I just really <laughs> screwed it up here. He said, I'll do you one better. How about I give you the whole team? And I was like, what? I just was staring at this football in my living room and I started crying because that's what I do. He's like, don't cry, don't cry. I'm like, I don't think you realize the impact of what this will have on my party. And um, he was just so humbled by it. And 
I said, um, because he was getting ready after the Rose Bowl was over. He was heading off to some sort of, like, draft camp type thing. And I said, well, you know, wherever you land, you're stuck with me. Like, I'm going to be coming to you for other things. And he laughed. He goes, I got you. And I didn't really think that would be the case. But Billy has our back here. And um, after he was drafted, he was the 21st draft pick to the Cincinnati Bengals um, for their, as their center. And he was also the 2017 Remington Award winner. So we've got this a really impressive guy, uh, really impressive guy yeah. who is down to earth and has an amazing head on his shoulders. He reached out to me in the summer and he, he texted me. He said, hey, can you call me? And I was like, sure, why? And I immediately thought, oh, my God, somebody has cancer. Yeah. That was my initial thought. Yeah, because this is something you're familiar yep. with now, right? So I yeah. make the phone call, and he's like, hey, can I make your day? And I was like, what? Yeah, what, what are you talking about? He said, um, so my number down here is 53. His number at Ohio State was 54. And he said, it's the only number for the Bengals that's retired, so I can't have it. <laughs> he goes, so I have 53. And Fifth Third Bank had reached out to me and wanted to give me an opportunity to do some donate to a charity of my choice type thing. And he said, of course, I picked you and Pelotonia. And what did I do? I cried. <laughs> and he's like, don't cry. And I'm like, you know how I am. And yeah. he's like, I'm not going to tell you how much. I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'm just going to tell you, like, there's going to be a check coming soon. I'm pretty sure it was like the week after the ride. Um He's texting me, hey, it's being couriered to your office. Let me know when you get it. And, like, we're back and forth. I'm like, oh, my God, it went to the wrong building. He's like, ah. And he had to go into a meeting for um, for the Bengals. Yeah. And so we didn't actually get to talk. But this envelope came, and I went and got it. And I took myself into an empty office, and I ripped it open. And there was a check for $7,500. And I'm going to give you one guess what I did. You cried. I cried. <laughs> That's cryworthy. <laughs> I sat in that office and cried, and I texted him, and I said, I don't even have the words. I still don't have the words yeah. because here was this young man who is going to make a living playing football that was walking around the second floor of Elbrand's DC2 building, learning logistics, and somehow something that I said or did or whatever got him interested in Pelotonia. Coming up in November of this year, he's going to be participating in the My Cause, My Cleats campaign for the NFL. And he told me that he's got his designer, his artist lined up, and he's going to be wearing Pelotonia cleats. And I cannot wait we can't wait i'm i bet it's uh, we're so grateful i mean the you know just never know you never set out thinking oh i'm gonna get this rising superstar to buy in on my cause you're just so genuinely the words that you use to describe him i I would just put right back on you you know you're in such your heart's always in the right place you're just um trying to share about something that's meaningful to you and thank you and see how anybody might care it's just like the power of the ask and telling people your story um, and it's now led to this where yes. Pelotonia 
will be a part of his life and featured so prominently. So thank you yes, for that. I'm, and thank I'm, you to Billy. I'm, I can't wait to to meet him. And yes, work with I us. can't wait for him to finally get the opportunity to come up here. He was yeah. on the um, Buckeye cruise for cancer in February and he sent me a text one night and said, holy moly, I just met um, the chief medical officer of the James, Dr. David Cohn. And he's like, big things to come. <laughs> and I responded back with, what? What do you mean? You can't just say that. Like, I need more details here. What is yeah. going on? So uh, when he, he got back into Ohio, we talked a little more extensively. And um, the doctor had reached out to him and set up a tour for him at the James. And he, I said, uh, is there room for one more? And he said, I already told him all about you. Um, you're the whole reason I'm part of this. So absolutely, you're in. So uh, myself, my husband, and my daughter, and Billy and his fiance Taylor, had this private one-on-one -on -one tour with Dr. David Cohn there at the James. And it was absolutely incredible. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, I wish the first time I rode wasn't because I had had cancer. Um, but that the wiser me, I it was destiny. I mean, I've kind of looked over the last seven years of all the things that I wouldn't have ever done, all the people that I wouldn't have otherwise met. Um, that if it wasn't for cancer, I wouldn't be here. And so for that, I'm grateful. I mean, you're like our brand ambassador with your car. Oh, yes. The, the Jeep. <laughs> when did the Jeep come into the mix? <clears throat> so um, I got my Jeep in October of 2016. And funny, I think it was either, I think it was 2013 riding the what's now the 45 mile route took us out past um liberty chrysler jeep dodge ram yeah. and they had this like lime greenish jeep at the time and i kept thinking oh my gosh that is so cool it looks like the arrow yeah. i'm never gonna have that flash forward a couple years um i saw a new version out on the road and thought oh I'm going to have that. I'm going to have that. <laughs> and I had just gotten a new car like 14 months ago. And I, I thought, I, I don't even care. I'm, I'm going to have I'm it. That. And <laughs> we had my husband and I went to school with a guy who uh, worked out at Chrysler or at Liberty. And I went out and talked to him and I said, listen, I just got this car. It's a lease, but I really want this. And he's like, we'll take care of you. So I special ordered this. It's called Hyper Green Jeep. And... While I was there, when when it finally came in and I was filling out the paperwork, I was like, hey, I really want to get um, personalized plates. And I've checked a lot of these. And so the, they made me put down four. And my first one was zero one goal. Uh -huh. My second one was car up. Um, my third one was car back. And my fourth one was F cancer, <laughs> which that one, <laughs> that one wasn't getting through the people at the BMV, but I tried. Yeah. But zero one goal came back and a couple weeks later in the mail were these personalized plates that said zero one goal for this lime green Jeep. And guess what I did? I, I cried. cried. <laughs> <laughs>
It was such a joy spending the afternoon with Shannon, hearing about her passion for Pelotonia, for engaging her friends and her family and her colleagues in this cause, uh, and really throwing an incredible party. We want to say thank you to our major funding partners who make everything in the Pelotonia world possible. So thank you to the Alburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santoli. The Pelotonia community is incredible in every sense of the word. At the end of each episode, we're excited to share with you a few highlights from our community of fundraisers, new, exciting, creative ideas that they've used throughout the years to raise funds. So we talked in this episode about Shannon Reese, who throws this incredible party every year, among other creative fundraising initiatives. But I've asked our Ride Community Coordinator, Olivia Rossitz, to come in and share a little bit more about some other cool parties and engagements in the community that we've seen be really successful at fundraising. So, Olivia, what are some of the favorite ones you've heard about? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, all of these are great ways to gather your community together and get involved in uh, ending cancer together. Um, So what better way to gather around food, beverages, or even fitness classes Um, For example, some of the uh, local businesses in the area like City Barbecue, Chipotle, even Rubino's Pizza, a portion of your bill will go back towards your fundraising efforts. Love that. And it gives you a chance to offer up, you know, hey, don't just make a donation. Come out, celebrate with me. Let's talk. Um, It's also a really great way to recruit your friends and family to ride or volunteer with you. You get them excited about fundraising. Um, you show them that it's not that hard. And one great group in the area is Cycle Bar, which uh, hosts spinning classes and or cycling classes. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also do host classes where you can earn a percentage back of uh, any tickets that you sell for those classes. So you can go get some food beforehand, raise some money then, and then work it off later. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done working out, if you want to go get a beer to celebrate, There are a ton of breweries that will give you uh, money back for your fundraising efforts. Yeah, we've got so many local breweries in the Columbus area that have been supportive for a number of years. Uh, But one to call in particular, and there are neighbors now at our new office in Franklinton, uh, is Land Grant Brewing Company. They have been just remarkable. Anybody who asked to host a fundraiser with them throughout the year, um, they've been so generous. They have their one goal, one ride beer that they created um, that's super tasty and comes out every summer. So always love looking forward to that, having that cool branded can um, that we can buy at stores throughout Columbus. And Yeah. A dollar of each six pack goes back to Pelotonia. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Olivia. Uh, let's stay tuned for a preview of our next episode. And on top of it, now that you're biking, you get up at five o'clock on a Sunday to go biking before it gets too hot. I was like, yeah, my life's kind of different than what I thought it would be. (laughs) Just because a bad thing happened does not mean good things will not happen. I mean, you can't tell somebody enough how much you love them more, even though he was sick of it because we would always, I'd always say, I love you more. And he's like, no, I love you more. As cheesy as that is. They never say enough, I love you. You've been listening to One Goal a podcast from Pelotonia, hosted by me, Ride Community Manager Jill Andino, with interview production and scheduling by Marketing Communications Manager Emily Smith. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Oren Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, as that will help others hear these empowering stories. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.